Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for tuning in again this month. Uh, It means a lot to me. And uh, yeah, let me know if you listened and uh, you had uh, any opinions on anything and just, you know, reach out to me. Um, This episode I'm so, so excited for. Um, I've been wanting to talk about these sorts of topics for a while and I hadn't really had anyone reach out to me about it or I've never really known anyone that was interested and uh, now I have the perfect guest. So um, I hope you guys are going to love this as much as I do. And uh, yeah, tonight I'm talking to Peter Snow. He's a GTHA-based guitarist, singer-songwriter, lead vocalist of socialist rock band The Soviet Influence, and passionate political and social activist. You can find Peter on all socials under his band's name, The Soviet Influence. So, um, hey, Peter. Hey, Sarah Jessica. How are you? <laughs> hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, this is yeah. going to be fun. I, uh, I'm a bit of a protest music nerd, and I'm excited to talk about stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a fun topic. I'm I'm glad to be here. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I guess like just to kind of, you know, give a little intro into like who you are and what you do. Um, how would you describe your personal style as a musician? Yeah, um, I think my personal style as a musician is um, angry these days. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, no, I think, you know, like, I like to make interesting music. I think it's interesting. Um, always been a bit of an outsider. Like, I'm not a super outsider musically. Like, not, like, really avant-garde people. But, you know, try to be a little bit a bit on the outside. And, yeah, I think, like, you know, any music that I make is gonna going to be... It's not going to be love. I don't write love songs. I just have never been able to do that. So mm-hmm. it's always going to be about stuff that's going on in the world, whether that's right. political or otherwise. But... Um, that tends to be the direction I go musically and my songs tend to, to be a little bit darker, I guess. So, you know, whatever that's about, I don't know, but that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, who are your biggest artistic influences? Oh man. Um, well definitely, I mean, I have to say Radiohead. That was the band that I like fell in love with mm-hmm. when I was young and sort of, you know, have followed my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were a huge, huge, uh, musical influence. Um, the Talking Heads, the the sort of eighties, seventies, eighties sort of yeah, you know they were really they were avant garde. I love a lot of heads. unusual stuff. The great band, yeah, um, but definitely really influenced by them and, mm-hmm. and sort of the the way that they approached songwriting, especially. Yeah. Um, I saw David Byrne. Of, Sorry, I saw David yeah. Byrne in twenty eighteen. That was really oh yeah cool. yeah yeah that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's such a he's a cool dude. He's a weird weird dude, but he's a cool dude. Oh yeah, I like him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like all those weird bands like the B-52s who are like super weird band. I really like them. Um, you know, they, that whole like um, the band Suicide. I don't know if you know Suicide, but they're mm. this, like really, really weird, okay. super weird, like early punk era band that wasn't doing like Ramones punk. They were doing like this like drum machine stuff. It was really cool. Anyway, right. not important. Um, yeah. You know, and just tons of other bands, you know, like. You know, through the whole like 2000s, you know, 2010s indie rock scene, all those, all the big groups, especially here, the ones that were big here in Canada, Mm -hmm. you know, like I love them um, and they mean a lot to me. And, you know, they really, you know, pretty much, you know, anything that has stumbled into my viewpoint, generally, I've ended up liking in some capacity. I'm looking at my record collection right now and it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's fairly diverse. There's, uh, there's some 
stuff that people would probably find unexpected. I always say like the most unexpected influence I had was uh, uh, Rod Stewart. I don't mm. know if you're familiar with his work, mm-hmm. but uh, he's a bit more of a, especially now more of a crooner guy, but I, heard, I listened to him a lot as a kid because my mom loved him. And uh, he's his sort of showmanship and stuff has always been, anyway, part of, part of how I see things. But um, as we get into our topic today, there's like a ton of bands that fit into that category, which oh, have yeah. been hugely influential. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's that we'll, we'll probably talk about them, I imagine. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, when did you discover your like passion or like, you know, huge interest in music? Um, I think it came from like pretty early. Mm-hmm. I was as a kid, I was a singer, like I sang in choirs and and musicals and all that kind of stuff. And I really loved I love the power of music. Yeah. So the way it makes me feel <laughs> when yeah. I'm singing and playing playing guitar, like it's just like it's like this magic. Mm-hmm. It's almost like magic, right? And mm-hmm. so they're pretty early on, you know, and and you know, always sort of kept that from like childhood on, just never really stopped, you know. I I look back, you know, in, in the years since uh you know, I was a teenager and and like a lot of people I know who are really big into music back then have sort of moved on into other things, but I just never really let go. It's just one of those people that just couldn't couldn't get past it, couldn't let it go. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's mm-hmm. always been there. Yeah. Did you pick up the guitar first or did you start singing first? Definitely started singing first. Yeah. I uh, picked up the guitar because I was in a band mm-hmm. and we needed another instrumentalist. So mm-hmm. I was told I had to learn how to play. There we go. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I tried. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and now actually, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty good player now. I'm not, I wouldn't call myself, you know, virtuoso or anything, but I'm right. fine. I can play. And uh, yeah, and, I, and I, I'm glad because it's been such a huge part of my life for mm-hmm. a long time now. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the first time someone said you were talented at what you do? Um, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do I remember that? Yeah, I think I do. Um, there was a moment and it was actually, it was my other bandmates, but it was funny because we'd been a really mediocre high school band. (laughs) No one thought we were really much good at anything except our guitar player who was phenomenal. Right. Um, he definitely outclassed the rest of us. But um, I remember we got together the summer after um, the two of the three of us went off to university. We came back and we decided, oh, we're going to record an album together just for fun. And I remember playing them the songs that I had written and like they were like, these are really good. Um, which they had never said about any songs I had written before that. Mm-hmm. So that was probably the moment when I was like, you know, maybe I'm like actually turning a corner. And yeah. then there's been those moments like all along since then, like where, you know, some new person who's like, for whatever reason is super validating is like, this stuff is great. And it's like, your opinion means so much to me that this actually energizes me to do more. And just the fact that there's like people who want to be in a band and play my songs is now just like, that's the thing that sustains me as far as music is like people, there are musicians who are like, these songs are good enough that we want to perform them in front of other people. Mm-hmm. That just makes me feel, feel pretty good. I bet. Yeah. Um, when, uh, how did your friends and like peers react to you when you started creating music? Um, you know, I think, you know, thinking especially about our, our band that we had, I think, you know, people, Obviously, there's a certain coolness that comes to being in a band. People mm-hmm. are like, oh, you're in a band, um, which was really great. 
Um, and they were like, I can remember back and like people would come to our, we had people at our shows, which was nice. Um, but I think also there was sort of like the era in which we were writing or playing music and writing music was not the right era for us. Right. The, the prevailing music in the scene that we were part of was very different from what we were doing. Mm -hmm. So there was a bit of a, like, not, not a rejection, but just like a lack of interest Mm -hmm. in what we were doing. People just, you know didn't have especially teenagers right like you know i remember being a teenager and you kind of are excited about what you're excited about and you don't necessarily have an open mind all the time yeah um you know even adults don't even have an open mind all the time but we wouldn't necessarily you know move beyond what they were interested in so you know i can remember there being other bands that were like like practically less like talented than us like they did not have better but they played the music that people wanted to hear so they got more attention and were more interesting to others and people were more excited about them. But mm-hmm. it did become like part of certainly my identity. Um, and I think the rest of the group, like people, that's how people knew us and people would talk about us in that way. Like those are the people that are in, in a band and they play guitar and whatever. So, mm-hmm. so there was mm-hmm. that. I think that did become part of what I was about, which was important, right? Identity is really important. So that was important oh, yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, when was the first time that you started looking at art creation as something more than a hobby? Yeah, I think it really like I was always kind of on my mind that I wanted to do it as more mm-hmm. than a hobby. I think it's actually been this project like the Soviet influence that was really yeah. like finally I think the stuff the material was there. Mm-hmm. Like Before that, like I wrote lots of songs. I've been writing songs since I was like 17, 18 years old. But it wasn't until like I started really like writing the stuff for this and particularly like the second album that we did i was like okay like there's actually some material here that might be like worth like people might want to actually listen to this cool. um more than just like friends and family like mm-hmm. other people might actually be interested and we were getting feedback to that to that uh to that point from like people who didn't have any reason to lie (laughs) right Mm -hmm. like these are people Mm -hmm. who did not have a horse in the race so they could say whatever and you know people in music and you know we're we're being very very um giving very nice feedback i mean honest feedback but nice feedback so i think that was kind of the moment where i was like you know what like let's really push on this like i'd pushed on it a bit before but that was the moment where it's like you know what actually like it's there the -hmm. stuff is there the ideas are there let's go do this yeah Um, and uh and so we did you know we uh we've been going for it yeah well um when did you get involved with the soviet influence when did that like come together yeah so there's there's basically two phases to the band first phase was i was in a different band called the histrionics and that ended and i had some songs kicking around so i started recording and back in like 2012 Mm -hmm. uh and spent like 2012 2013 that area that era recording an album um on my own with some friends and uh that was boundaries that was our first record and then between like 2013 2014 up until 2019 i was working on like i was still playing music and stuff but not i had other things going on so I was less focused on it and, and writing. I was writing, but not really focused on recording. I recorded in in 2019 the the material that became um, uh, the second Soviet Influence album, which is The Price of Vigilance. And mm-hmm. that was the point where I started bringing in like permanent mem- new members. And so then yeah. we got 
Peter and Blake and Ty um, all coming along in that period. So that was sort of like, okay, now this is an actual thing. Um, and then from there it became like, okay, we do everything together now. So previously it had been pretty much my, my project, but now it's all of us um, equally. So I, you know, I don't even write all the songs anymore, which is, which is nice um, to have other people's feedback and ideas. Sure. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, did you all like have the same vision for the band? Like, did you all have, kind of have a shared like sound and like style and all of that? I think to a point, like I think yeah. we definitely have varied musical backgrounds and influences, um, but we all kind of like bought into the sort of thing that we're doing. And there's an openness, like, I, I mean, certainly with the stuff that I recorded on my own, like there was a little bit of like um, bre- breadth of genre, like not super far, but like, you know, some things were different. Um, so there's been a bit of a willingness to go in that direction and be like, you know, we play what makes sense to us. It's not really like we have to sound a certain way, um, which is nice. Um, and I think like there's a desire to be musically interesting uh, all the time, you know, not mm-hmm. just just whatever. It's just to do stuff that we find interesting. So yeah. and I think we all share that, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously I think, you know, I described it as a socialist rock band, but uh, besides that, I mean, you know, your your the Soviet influence has like primarily, primarily, what am I saying? Primarily, <laughs> primarily political. I combined them. Um, yeah. Primarily political and like social activist lyrics, and um, I mean, you know, they're quite large overtones. Um, when did that like? Where did that passion come from originally? And was it hard to link up with bandmates who felt the same way? Yeah, you know, it came from me. Yeah. Um, because that's always been part of me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the very first Soviet influence song was called Song for the Anarchists and it was about the the riots in Quebec over tuition from like the I think it was twenty twelve when that happened. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and that sort of Im- like seeing that imagery and thinking about like I know Stephen Harper was the prime minister at the time and I was like huge anti-harper person Mm -hmm. um and you know just thinking about sort of like writing a song to him and it was originally actually called plant the bombs because it was about like we're gonna blow stuff up if you don't do what we want um yeah i ended up sort of walking that back for that album and then we re-released it later with the original lyrics or the original chorus anyway um Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean it, it is a thing like i've been mindful of that when bringing in band members that they have to buy into it. And as we've been together longer, we've like solidified that as like a core piece of the band. Like you have to buy into that or you can't really sure. be part of our family. Like it'd be, it it'd be kind of hard to not like, it would be so hard. Like you yeah. have to, yeah, you'd have to like, I don't know. You'd have to be like total professional mode. Like I'm just here to play music. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you could do that. Cause it's so central, even like to the things that we do, right? Like we, get involved in stuff that isn't necessarily just about our band. So yeah, yeah. it's, it's a big deal, but it, we, we've, I mean, we found people, we have people, um, you did. and it's been good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, for listeners like tuning in right now, do you want to give a little breakdown as to like exactly where you stand socially and politically and like what themes you explore within your music? Yeah, absolutely. So, I always wrestle with this because, like, you know, I'm very, very left on the political spectrum. 
Yeah. Communism, I'm a fan of. I don't know that I consider myself a communist because I'm not sure exactly what I buy into. I guess the challenge for me is always like the answers to the big picture questions um, and the day-to-day questions are challenging. I mean, I hate capitalism. 100% hate it and would be so happy to see it fall apart um, and be gone Um, and replaced with something better. I mean, I'm huge Uh into like workers controlling their own i mean yeah i guess i'm a communist i mean workers controlling the needs of production i'm all about that yeah um you know i'm i'm 100 percent all about that and mm-hmm. you know uh and our music talks about stuff like that you know we talk about i mean at, we talk about prevailing social issues so things like housing affordability and which is i know is a huge topic right now um we talk about um police brutality we talk about uh racism treatment of indigenous peoples we talk about uh, a lot of class stuff. So like, um, you know, uh, I was actually just funny enough talking about this with someone else that uh, the idea that um, that business people are really just fascists, but they've been like kind of washed Rebranded. to look better, right? Because yeah. like, oh, they're in business, but yeah. really they're fascists because businesses are, are fascist organizations, right? They're top yeah. down hierarchical you know do what you're told or you can leave um kind of deal so yeah they're very much like that and uh so we write about that we write about uh yeah we write about you know the struggle of of being an outsider in society um you know because although like progressive ideas are more popular than ever now yeah um, still like you know proposing the idea that we radically alter our economic system and like support the poor (laughs) <laughs> to not be the poor anymore yeah the working class to actually you know i don't even like that term working class because it's like i don't think everyone needs to work i don't think that's necessary mm-hmm. but that's a whole other topic we could get into you for know, sure. especially with automation and stuff like it's less and less necessary for everyone to have to work um but anyway my point being that you know I, we talk about that kind of stuff we talk about you know how do we we bridge that gap and how do we raise an awareness because like yeah like i was saying like a lot of people don't 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 care to challenge these things yeah don't want to challenge these things don't have time i always my biggest thing is people don't have time like um we have a song called this is the news which i wrote uh right around the time that donald trump got elected in the u.s and uh it was about literally the idea that like how do you know what to believe and how do you figure out information sure because there's literally no time to sit down and figure and it's only gotten worse uh so there's no time there's no time in our lives to figure out what's real and what's not right like so we sit and we try to like Mm -hmm. we try to like sort out facts from fiction and and we try to dive into like what are the issues what you know but just to know enough about like one issue to have an opinion takes so much energy yeah because there's so much information yeah and a lot of it's yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. And it's Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no. No, no, it's okay. Um, you know, it's like questioning the reality that you live in, you know what I mean? And imagining a whole entirely new alien system is like, you know, th- there's so many people that that's so incredibly hard for and I understand that, right? It- it's a thing that you've been brainwashed into believing for your whole life, right? So it's, you know, questioning that is, you know, it's a huge Absolutely. deal. Totally agree. Yeah. So, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's tough. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, for for me, like you know, trying to explore that stuff and make it like yeah. 
understandable <laughs> in art is totally it's, it's, it's yeah. a constant challenge because you know mm-hmm. you want to take a big concept and smush it down into like like 16 lines of a song um is mm-hmm. is tough but it's i don't know i think it's doable in some ways we try to anyway so we try to do yeah it. i think yeah. we have yeah, I think we have to try. For sure. Now, I have before we go on, I have to mm-hmm. ask you, where do you sit on the political spectrum? Because it's not a fair conversation if we only know where I sit. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say I I think I sit on basically the exact same area as you do. Um, I, I call myself a socialist. And um, yeah, you know, I don't think I'm as educated as you are. Um, but, you know, yeah. I've got time. I've got time to figure things out. Um, but yeah, cool. I identify as a social. Good place to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, when you first started writing political lyrics, how did you approach that? And um, how did you decide like what issues to focus on, how to group your songs into albums, like, yeah, et cetera, et cetera? Um, I think, you know, yeah. so my like, you know, getting into like my influences around like political music were... Uh, you know, were people who would do like these, like, you know, other than the bands I like that were like totally political all the time. Like you, there were a lot of bands that would do like a political song where they would like take on an issue and be like, this is an issue. We're going to talk about it in this song, yep. you know, and whether they were sincere about it or not, yep. you never really knew. It was like, are you just doing this? Cause it's what people do. Mm-hmm. Or are you doing it? Cause you actually like, you want to be Bob Dylan or something or because like you legitimately care. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, you're just trying to be like, yeah. this is my, my cred. I'm like, I understand the people anyway. Um, so for me, it always had yeah. to be genuine, right? Like I had to be like, this is stuff I actually care about. Right. Like something I actually believe in and care about. So when I started writing more political stuff, it was actually pretty simultaneous with my foray into the world of social work, which is my other career. Um, and mm-hmm. I'd always been involved in in, you know, social issues like for a very long time. Um, you know, my family were were volunteers who would get involved in things. I, you know, worked with like, you know, I worked in a soup kitchen for a bit in high school and ended up working and yeah and oh, cool. ended up working in non like the nonprofit sector as a, as a university student um so i got to see a lot of mm-hmm. stuff firsthand that like growing up like fairly middle class um didn't really wasn't yep. super exp- although where i lived growing up weirdly and this is totally a tangent but where i lived growing up we were surrounded by community like city housing so i lived on this like little street that had okay. like houses on it that like my parents bought their house you know for like however many in the 70s like it was super cheap but uh but all around us mm-hmm. were these townhouse complexes that were mostly owned by the city and so people you know mm-hmm. were, were subsidized to live there so these were our neighbors right and you know it came mm-hmm. with problems like any neighborhood does um our neighborhood mm-hmm. had had its issues and its challenges and there was a lot of stress i'm sure in those homes mm-hmm. because these people were people who did not have a lot of money and were you know get just getting by um but so I, so I was around and I knew it was there, but it would just seemed like they were just people, right? They're just regular people. And I think that actually helped me as I got older to realize that yeah. like you know, those differences that, that society tries to create between classes and between groups of people are artificial. Like people are people at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you mm-hmm. can see them that way and you can have empathy for them in that way. You don't have to, you know, punch down um, towards them. So... Yeah, so oh, yeah. Th- it was always in my mind. And as I got more and more involved 
in in you know social work and that that area of life i was reading more and i was learning more and i was getting much more informed about the realities of the world you know realities that i had known something about but not much um you know like i'd heard things but no one really explained you know we're in a golden age of people actually like opening the doors on things that are terrible about our world um but there was a time not that long mm-hmm. ago when if you wanted to find that stuff and actually focus on it, you had to actively do that because a lot of people were just going to forget it and gloss yep. over it and pretend it wasn't there. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, seeing those sorts of things and understanding that, like, you know, there are these issues that need to be talked about. Um, like, I, so I'm, I'm someone who, like, I remember protesting the Iraq war. Canada didn't go to the Iraq war, but there were protests here about it. Mm. I remember being part of that. Um, yeah. Because it was a thing, like it was a big deal that we were going, not we were, but the U.S. was going to blow up another country. And, you know, these were the kind of social mm-hmm. issues we got involved with. I remember the big protest in Toronto. Um, yeah, that would have been about, what, 20, I forget what year that was, but 2010 maybe. Um, you know, with all the arrests and everything. And that was like, not really shocking because I had been um, exposed to like, the realities of like the Seattle riots that had happened before in similar kind of situation and knew that Mm -hmm. that was the sort of thing that happens. And that's sort of where Mm -hmm. the police were. I also had a a large, yeah. I I spent a lot of time around police for a while in my life. Like I worked in an emergency department. I met police constantly. I also played on a flag football team Mm -hmm. by accident with a bunch of like a whole team of cops. And so I got to see (laughs) those like, what are they like outside of work? And a lot of them sucked really bad outside of work. Like (laughs) some of them were nice and I was like friendly with some of them because they were, you know, generally nice people. Yeah. But like a lot of them were like terrible. And and it was like, you know, Mm -hmm. I was always, Mm -hmm. I never really had a strong opinion about police growing up because I didn't have to deal with them directly very much, thankfully. You know, I I was, you know, lucky to be born in my situation. So I didn't have to. But like, as I got to know more Mm -hmm. cops, I was like, oh my God. Um, this is this is awful you know and it, and so anyway i'm sort of getting on a tangent here but you know i think all of that sort of informed mm-hmm. me when i when That's i fine. decided to actually like really start focusing on writing about that kind of stuff because i'd always written about mm-hmm. like odd things like you know i used to write songs about like um well i still write songs about mental health a lot because that's just been one of my journeys sure but uh but also about like just odd topics you know i'd write songs about like i'd make up these like little worlds and then write songs about them and uh you know people and and different things but when i was like i you know i'm gonna actually start writing actively about political things that i care about social issues that i care about you know it was really just like what are the things that matter to me and i'm gonna write about them um our first record Mm -hmm. was basically like a concept the concept was that there was this person who was like really opposed to really it was stephen harper or a stephen harper like character was really opposed to that person and was like trying to live life while being so obsessed with this idea that hated this person and what they stood for and so the songs kind of oscillate between like um you know passionately arguing about social issues and kind of like having a nervous breakdown um (laughs) but then Mm -hmm. with like the price of vigilance it was getting again getting more and more about like what can we do um you know what what, what's actually some of the challenges to doing something and what could we be doing and so the songs are a little bit more specific about that um and then by socialism introduction it's getting even more specific on topics that matter to the band and then with the stuff we're releasing now it's like even more specific 
Um, and it's really been like learning to drill down and be like, okay, let's take a topic and let's talk about it. So we write a song like uh, yeah. Put You Up, which is about like basically about remember that, you know, those who are at the top, the capitals at the top are there because of the work of the people below them. Um, and mm-hmm. we know that you look at us as like worthless grist for the mill and you're also worthless and we could take you down too. Um, you mm-hmm. know, or like the song Bull Weevils, which is coming out in, you know, not too long after they be recording this. Um, it's a song that, you know, talks about really about housing and how like, you know, you pay a ton of rent for a garbage apartment and in most places in Canada and a mm-hmm. lot of places in the US too. Um, and it's just not mm-hmm. sustainable. So, yeah. So we're getting better yeah. at drilling down on those things mm-hmm. and like, now it's even more like I want to. I sit down and like I want to write a song about this, and I do it. It used to be kind of like what's on my mind today, and then I would sort of like meander through a song. Now I'm like much more specific. Like okay, okay. I'm gonna write about this issue, and let's let's go for it. Let's read about it. Let's make sure I know what I'm saying, and then let's do it. Hmm. Yeah. Would you like personally consider yourself or the music that you create like protest music or would you call yourself like a protest hmm. music creator? I guess so. Yeah. Like I think a lot of it is. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely has that element yeah. to it. It's definitely meant to like scratch against the the prevailing ideas and attitudes of society. So so that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say it definitely is protestable. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By creating that type of music, uh, what kind of audience do you find yourself attracting? I like minded people. <laughs> I think that's yeah. what it that's yeah. what it is, right? Hopefully. Like, those, are the, those are the people that are into yeah. us, are the people who think the way that we do, you know. Um, for the most yeah. part, yeah. Like uh, that's what I'm seeing, you know, um and hearing from people. Mm-hmm. Like even within the music industry. So like we've had you know, we're not a huge band, but we've, you know, had a little bit of success here and there. And we've attracted some attention from people. The people we get attention from are people who like our message. <laughs> like they like our music too. Lots of people mm-hmm. like our music, but they, the ones who really want to like talk to us are the ones that like our message and like, like what we're talking about. And there is right. a fair, I mean, you know, how many people got into music because they cared about things, right? And, you know, and, and they had big, strong mm-hmm. feelings about stuff. And, you know, for some people that stuff is like, <laughs> heartbreak and romantic life and that kind of thing for some people that stuff is like the world and stuff that's going on in the world you know and mm-hmm. so we find these people who are just like yeah well i'm a socialist too and like great come be part of our of our community mm-hmm. you know we we are this is what we are so that's who we're getting um as far as i know i'm sure there's other people who just like mm-hmm. the songs but for the most part it's people who like are like-minded yeah yeah do you think that like by creating this genre of music, by attracting those kind of people, do you find that there may be like a more loyal fan base, would you say? Or I mean, I will say the people that? that I know that follow us have been very loyal to us and been very good to us. So I definitely think, yeah. you know, yeah. if we keep doing what we're doing, they'll uh, they'll stick around with us because they, they like the message and they mm-hmm. like talking about these kinds of things. You know, I think that's... I think yeah. that's the big thing, right? It's like it it's our music is supposed to be a dialogue. Like it's it's not intended mm-hmm. to be like here's stuff we're throwing at you. Take it and do it. It's like here's some ideas. Like mm-hmm. take those ideas and think about them and like you know right. communicate about them and and you know make up your mind about it, but yeah. You know, just think about it, yeah. you know, and and see where it goes. It's it's not meant mm-hmm. to be a one-way thing. Yeah. 
Do you think that there's like a stronger bond with like you and your listeners or maybe your listeners to you because of the themes of your music? Like besides it maybe being, you know, you know, if you were kind of like a Mm -hmm. fun time poppy band, you know, there's a bit less of that, that connection that, um, you know, that that passion for, you know, you know, Mm -hmm. social activism and just like, you know, human rights and everything. Right. So would you say that there's maybe a bit more of a stronger bond there? Because I think, you know, one of the things about this kind of music is there's like, because we're not like doing it as a thing that we're doing, like, oh, we're this, we're the socialist band. haha. you know, we're not the sex pistols of protest music. Like buy our T, buy our T-shirts. No, because we're genuine, right? Like we're authentic about this stuff. We mean this stuff. This is stuff. It's, I, you know, if you go on our social media, it's like 90% like, stuff about the issues we care about and 10% about our music like we Mm -hmm. post way more stuff Mm -hmm. about issues and Mm -hmm. things that are going on in the world than we do about our own music which is probably from like a like a a band like promotion perspective is maybe not the best strategy but Mm -hmm. it's what it's Mm -hmm. what we are so Mm -hmm. I think the genuineness does come across because you know there's there's a realness to what we're doing that you can tell is coming from us yeah you know not that other bands aren't Mm -hmm. genuine and real I'm sure they are um, but ours comes from mm-hmm. a place of like, this is stuff we actually care about. This is stuff that's important in the world. And, you know, we're to a certain extent taking a small risk by talking about it because it does alienate us from certain groups, um, including groups that have power. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're small enough right now that I don't think we're attracting a lot of that kind of attention. But I mean, if we keep pushing on this, eventually we're going to start to attract that kind of attention. And it's, and it's, it's, you know, we're prepared yeah. for that. But, you know, it, it is it is very genuine and real and authentic and it's 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 intended to be fearless. So um, that mm-hmm. I think you're right. Like, I think that does endear us to people in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you call yourself a protest music nerd? I mean, to a point. Yeah, I think I like a lot of protest yeah. music um, and have been listening to it for a long time in my life. So, sure. you know, and I'm always excited to find more. Um I'm always really excited when I find a band that's like interested in this kind of stuff and wants to talk about it. even if like even if we don't totally agree because there are some bands out there that are you know in different parts of the mm-hmm. political spectrum I mean mostly people on the left is what I'm interested yeah. in but you know you know whether they're more anarchist than I am or whatever I mean I still appreciate that they're having mm-hmm. the same kinds of conversations that we're having so yeah definitely yeah totally um so what's your personal definition of a protest song um because i found like i kind of had to dissect that for myself a little while ago when i was creating like a protest music playlist on spotify that i shared around a bit um because i was like you know there's the kind of like typical um very like textbook definition which i would say is like very politically heavy i'd say you know leans towards the kind of 60s and 70s like protest music mm-hmm. wave mm-hmm. you know um but i think it's like i think it's it's due for an update i think it definitely yeah. is and i think something that i was struggling with when i was creating that playlist was um where the line is if there is one and if it should be there in the first oh. place. And especially when it came to like songs about like identity mm-hmm. um, as opposed to like challenging people in yeah. power, if yeah, you know I what know I mean. mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause like, you know, being, you know, if you're a marginalized mm-hmm. person and you're creating a song about, you know, feeling empowered by your identity and loving who you are and, you know, refusing to feel shame about it. Like that's, you know, 
that's challenging power in itself. Absolutely. Right. Um, and so I'm like, and that's, you know, 50% of protest music right there. That's, you know, challenging power, challenging, you know, the systems mm-hmm. in place. Um, so I was curious, yeah, just like what your personal definition is. Yeah, I love that idea, like challenging identity, challenging power structures. Yeah. So for me, like, I, 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 and I didn't say this earlier, but I should preface this. So like one of my, my forays, this is going to get really weird for a second. And then, <laughs> okay. One of the reasons, like one of my forays into social activism when I was in my like early twenties, late teens mm-hmm. was, um, through this thing. It's, it's really strange. It's this thing called liberation theology, which is like, um, it was, this, it came from Latin America. A lot, a lot of it was from Peru and 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 those and countries around Peru, mm-hmm. um, and it basically was a bunch of priests who were like, you know, we read the Bible and the Bible, it, we see the Bible that most people are fo- like the way people follow it, and we look at this and go, basically, what this Bible says is that we should be on the side of the poor and the oppressed, mm-hmm. and everything we should do should be to to side with them mm-hmm. and to be on their side of history, mm-hmm. and you know, the religious stuff aside, I I think the that core message was so great. So what you just said about like identity, I think that's such an important point Mm -hmm. that like when an oppressed person expresses themselves loudly, you know, in music and just puts themselves out there, that's a, that's a totally a protest because that's, you know, that's pushing up against power. Mm -hmm. That's pushing up against structures that are meant to oppress and saying like, no, guess what? I'm still here. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about this actually, because, you know, when I knew we were going to talk about this, Mm -hmm. you know, I was thinking kind of like more of like a, an even longer focus, like looking back through history and the role of music. And, you know, I'm not a musicologist or anything, but I did yeah. study music a bit. And, you know, there has been a thread of music as an instrument of protest through much of history, right? Yeah. You know, we, the, the biggest example that comes to mind, obviously, is um, African-American music in, mm-hmm. you know, like the 19th century and, you know, um, and the way that that served as a form of protest. Mm-hmm. But just generally, like, I think, you know, humans have used music to skewer power for a long time. And, you know, in in a way that was a little bit maybe safer than directly fighting back. Um, But also really important because music is so powerful in sharing messages and sharing ideas. So I think you're right. Like, I think the definition of just like, it has to be like, you know, um, your classic, um, you know, 60s protest song. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not going to Vietnam or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I think it's more than that. You know, I, it's funny when you were talking about that, I was thinking about, you know, not necessarily a song, but but like songs that talk about oppressed peoples and like give voice to their story. Mm-hmm. Like when someone who has power, some power, I'm thinking of Johnny Cash actually came to mind as someone who like had a little bit of power. You know, he was a pretty well-known musician and like he went and played in jails. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's, that's awesome. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's awesome, right? That's going to a group of people that have been disenfranchised and being like, hey guys, you know, you, you, you know, you're real too, you know, and that's an act of, of solidarity. Um, you know, and there's been tons of, tons of musicians like that mm-hmm. who've done things that in acts of solidarity and, you know, yeah. And the strength of some people to like, I, I, you know, thinking of the, the LGBTQ community, especially like being able to be out and doing those sorts of things when that wasn't really even remotely accepted in society. I mean, mm-hmm. as much as it is more so now. Yeah, like there's so many things like that. So yeah, again, this is just my long-winded way of saying you're right. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's a it's a big, it's a big pot, and yeah. a lot of things can fit in it for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, 
what are some of your favorite overtly political or activist songs or I guess protest songs? Yeah, no, there's a bunch. Um, yeah. Uh, there's one that we cover as a band. There's two that we cover as a band, actually, that I really love. Mm. Uh, if I Had a Rocket Launcher, which is Bruce Coburn, mm-hmm. which is a song he wrote about um, Guatemala and, and the sort of horrors of the of the violence in Guatemala um, and the U.S.'s involvement in that. He was mm-hmm. big on protesting that. Um, Guns of Brixton, which is a Clash song, the Clash being classic yep. protest. I mean, they were very political. Um, oh, yeah. There's a Dead Kennedy song. Uh, yep called holiday in cambodia that everyone knows but i like a lot of their songs i mean they're totally a political band but Mm -hmm. they had a lot of really good ones but Mm -hmm. um that's definitely one that i think about a lot um one that was like it was interesting it was popular for a period of time when i was younger by the manic street preachers which is a british band that were known for their political views um they had a song called if you tolerate this then your children will be next (laughs) which was just such a like just such an in-your-face message man really you if you put up with this, guess what? It, your children are screwed. I mean, um, yeah. It doesn't get any clearer than that, right? Yeah. Um, but there's a bunch. Um, it kind of a weird one. Uh, Radiohead had a song called mm-hmm. Electioneering, which no one, none of their fans seem to like. I'm right. a huge fan of the song. But it's just, it's basically about sort of the, like how politicians are. And like get, protesting our political system and like the role of political professionals mm-hmm. as i like to call them like politicians mm-hmm. are political professionals their whole yeah. professional life is getting elected and being elected you know and and how that is so detached from the realities of like running society mm-hmm. i mean I, I i that's a group i would love to skewer more and i don't think i focus enough although we did have a song that we called um time's up jt that we wrote for justin trudeau about uh, truth and reconciliation mm-hmm. but uh <laughs> i should want to be more direct going after these people yeah um but there's lots. There's tons. Uh, oh, there's mm-hmm. this really great song. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the band Midnight Oil. They were like a huge 80s band from Australia. And they had this song called Beds yeah. Are Burning, which if you listen to it, it's like, oh, that's a fun song. Mm-hmm. But what it's about is about giving Aboriginal Australians their land back. Wow. Um, and that was in the 80s. They wow. were singing this. And that was a hit. Mm-hmm. And it's like wild, you know. And I always appreciate when it's like issues like that people are ahead of their time right like Seriously. talking about indigenous land rights in the 80s yeah. like i don't i mean even i don't know australia politics that well but i can't imagine it was a big topic no, that a I lot can't. of people were like we should totally be giving land back to aboriginal people <laughs> um i mean you know just just like canada right colonial mm-hmm. state um so that's a really cool that's one that's like it's really mainstream like it was a mainstream song mm-hmm. and that's what i like about it because it like it takes an issue and it shows that you can talk about an issue and still get a large like audience to listen to it and hear it. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes, I mean, in the 60s for sure, everyone's listening to protest music. But I think sometimes, like even some of the bands I mentioned, The Clash were big. Yeah. But, you know, if you ask someone what's your favorite Clash song, it's going to be, you know, Rock the Casbah or yeah. maybe maybe London Calling, which mm-hmm. is, you know, but it's not their most like direct um, assault on people, on in society. Yeah. Um, you know, even even Bob Dylan, right? I mentioned him mm-hmm. earlier. Like, what what do people talk about? You know, blown in the wind or <laughs> those songs, which are not. You know, it is political, but it's you know, it's so soft and and nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really hit the way that other stuff could. So yeah, for sure. Um, so I do like those. You know, and again, you mentioned that identity thing, and I really like that. There's a yeah. Simon and Garfunkel song called 
a most peculiar man mm. where they it's it's about this guy who dies by suicide mm. and like how nobody knew him or talked to him or had anything to do with him like oh he was just weird mm. you know and that there's a marginalized person right like this the song is basically about this guy who lived in this apartment with a bunch of people and all any of them knew about him was that he was kind of weird mm-hmm. and, and then he died one day and they're like well yeah i guess mm. makes sense and it's like that's marginalization to the core mm-hmm. like that's a person who's been so marginalized by society that they literally no one even cares if they're alive or dead Jesus. and that to me that image that that's the scariest dehumanizing part of our society yeah. is that people can live but might as well be dead as far as anyone else is concerned their mm-hmm. only real interactions are with people on a, such a superficial level that they're essentially a background character yeah. that people can disappear like that yeah just yeah. vanish mm-hmm. so yeah yeah that that part really gets me but mm-hmm. oh there's so many songs yeah <laughs> so, so much i love yeah. so many stuff yeah yeah yeah, I understand what you're saying about Bob Dylan. I am a big fan, but I do, yeah, I, I do agree with what I you're saying. I don't not like Bob Dylan. He's yeah, good. He's yeah, cool. yeah. Cool. Um, my my favorite song of all time is actually uh, "The Times They Were Changing." Nice, that's a great song. Mm, yeah, it and is. it and it was a protest song, and it fit yeah. perfectly in its time. It's mm-hmm, great. Mm-hmm. No complaints there. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what what I find funny about the fact that we're doing this podcast right now is that um, Spotify Rap just came out, which um, I mean, <laughs> f- fuck Spotify. Um, but yeah, also I yeah. have Spotify, so, you know, so <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Um, but, um, I, you know, I'm a big protest music fan, but it usually doesn't like reach my top five, but like my most played song of this entire year was, um, Black Boys on Mopeds by Sinead O'Connor. Nice. Yeah. Do you know that song? Yeah, I've heard yeah? it. Yeah. 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 It's a great song. Great. Yeah. There, there's a uh, yeah, yeah it's, there's a place that produced a lot of good protest music ireland mm-hmm. um i mean they had you know all those years of war but of civil war which yeah. people forget i always find it amazing how people like forget that like ireland and like the former yugoslavia like within like the last 40 years had major civil wars where like people were dying and killing yeah. each other and it's like like these are major world events. We forget about them because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, well, it's 2020 now. No one thinks about this. But mm-hmm. like, it's within our, you know, the generation removed from that kind of stuff, you know, happening yeah, in, in countries that, you know, a lot of immigrants from those countries live in Canada now. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're getting the wave of the displaced um, um, uh, people from the Middle East and like Afghanistan and stuff who were displaced by imperialist war coming to live here anyway. There's a song in that. I should probably write a song about that. Uh, how how we're we're the saviors, but we're also the people that caused the problems in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just sort of really fucked up yeah. thing that happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think drives people like you and me, like other fans of like protest music? Um, what do you think drives them to pursue that type of media? I guess, you know, because, you know, we could be listening to just, you know, again, like fun time stuff, you know, like, you know, what do you what do you think is the driving force behind that? I have to think it's emotions. Yeah, I think everything is emotions. But, you know, I think a a certain amount of empathy Mm -hmm. for people. Right. And care and concern Mm -hmm. and anger and wanting to know that other people are angry, too. Mm -hmm. Right. When I hear a song that's like about, you know, an issue that I care about. It's like, yeah, like that person cares about that thing too. They're mad about it too. And, you know, I'm not alone. I'm not the only person that's pissed off and screaming mm-hmm. into the void. Mm-hmm. There are other people screaming with me. And, you know, it, it it feels good. It feels good to be supported. It also feels like it's not hopeless. Mm-hmm. I think the the thing about 
protest music is it can't be hopeless. Mm-hmm. It can't be like, it's not a protest song if it's like, well, the earth's fucked and we're all going to die. See you later. Mm-hmm. Like that's, no, that's a depressing song. Yeah. That's not a protest. You're not yeah. protesting anything. You're just telling, and th- and there's a place for that. I mean, I've written mm-hmm. some songs like that where it's mm-hmm. like, everything just sucks and it's not going to get better. Um, Not so much for this band, but in previous bands. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're going to write protest, there has to be like the hope that things are going to change. You know, you're putting it out there because you're like, stuff needs to be different yeah it can't stay like this yeah so yep yep kind of just like screaming into the void a little bit and hoping to get some feedback yeah 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 it'd be nice right yeah it would be it would be Um, i don't know don't you feel like you have to believe that there are other people out there that care and like that things can be different yeah jeez yeah no and you know it's nice to hear back once in a while absolutely (laughs) absolutely yeah um who are some musicians you look up to who speak out regularly about issues they're passionate about? Yeah, it's actually, it's funny, right? Yeah. Because it's a lot of like, it's a lot of smaller musicians. Like there's sure. big bands that talk about stuff, obviously, but yeah. it's a lot of the smaller bands. Like on my, on the band, our, the band, our band's Instagram, we follow a lot of other bands, obviously, because that's what you do. But uh, the amount of people who post stuff about like, issues that they care about right so like one of my favorite bands is is from hamilton actually basement revolver mm-hmm. um i love i love them mm-hmm. um and uh same i've been lucky to work with some of them yeah um but they're always posting about stuff like all mm-hmm. their members and, and 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 the band themselves and i really respect that because they have you know they're a bigger band than us they have a bit more of a platform mm-hmm. their music isn't all about that they write about a lot of things but they're really willing to speak out and talk about like, this is something we care about. You know, of course there's the classic people like, you know, like I mentioned dead Kennedy. So like Jello Biafra and those guys, the mm-hmm. guys from propaganda, the, um, you know, the clash when they were alive, um, <laughs> their guys talked about a lot of stuff and I didn't mm-hmm. always agree with them, but mm-hmm. I respected that they were, they had opinions and were willing to share them. Um, you know, it's a lot of the punk scene is like that, right? Like it's one of the things I like about punk music is that, you know, for the non, for 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 those that that are you know in that political punk area they're willing to speak out and talk totally. about stuff that's going on yeah um, you know and even musicians like there's musicians i'm trying to think of an example because i know they exist and i've who aren't in genres i normally care about very much or like mm-hmm. listen to very often that mm-hmm. you know because we forget like you talk about protest music right you got to talk about like 80s and 90s rap music oh like, yeah it was so full of like really really powerful messages about you know state violence and police and like the criminalization of of african-american people like it was hugely you know like when you make that definition of of protest music and everyone thinks about the 60s and all the like Mm -hmm. you know and a lot of white people making protest music exactly yeah right but there Mm -hmm. was so much non non white mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. coming from a place of actual marginalization you yeah know, as opposed yeah. to like like i you promise know. you protest music did not start with white people like absolutely not <laughs> no um they figured out how to make money off of it but by being white mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> being white makes it easier to make money off of it but oh yeah the way our society works oh yeah but uh but you know, absolutely. So you know, mm-hmm. I respect that. You know, actually, there's another band, another local band, um, the OBGMs, mm-hmm. who are like blowing up this year, which is mm-hmm. awesome for them because they're cool. really good. Um, and they they're always talking about stuff. I mean, they're they're black, so mm-hmm. they have that firsthand experience of yeah. you know 
of marginalization in our society and speak from that perspective, which is really amazing Mm -hmm. to to see. And seeing them getting a bigger platform is really awesome because that's going to just increase their ability to to share their message, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's there's it's really it's interesting because it's sort of the nature of the world right now that people are talking more about stuff and sharing more about stuff but yeah i do think it's um i think it's important because even if it's not in your music i think now it's okay to like talk about these issues right yeah put things out there and and be open about them and support other people and and try to like you know try to make change and Mm -hmm. elicit change so Mm -hmm. that's cool yeah and i feel like a lot more uh musicians nowadays are kind of like dipping their toes into like protest music i find that you know maybe around the 60s 70s decades earlier you were either like a protest musician or you weren't you know mm-hmm. or as i find mm-hmm. nowadays there's a lot more musicians that have you know like a couple songs that are you know about some social issue or you know are a bit political and you know like there's a bit more variety there yeah yeah that's so true yeah yeah, it's a, yeah, it's it's really true, and it's yeah, it's good, man. It's 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 what we want. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, so you know there are like you know a ton of different kinds of musicians who create protest music. You know, like I just touched on. Um, you know, like some who have like you know careers in protest music, and some who just kind of yeah dip their toes in and make a couple. Um, mm-hmm. what do you think those musicians? Bleh, what what do you think those musicians have in common? Like, um, you know, let's say, you know, Bob Dylan, Sinead O'Connor, um, Dead Kennedys, Rage Against the Machine, Pussy Riot, Woody Guthrie, um, blah blah blah, a lot of lot of older um mm-hmm. a lot of older names, but also I'd plug more newer um, you know, musicians. Like I'd say I'm a huge Kendrick fan. So Kendrick Lamar, mm-hmm. I would say, yep. makes a ton of protest music. Totally. Um yep. Run okay. the Jewels. Um mm-hmm. Sleater Kinney's still around. Um <laughs> NWA. Yep. Um, yep. you know, things like that. Um Pussy Riot's still around. Um things like that. So yeah, like what do you think? Is there like a do you think there's a thread between these musicians? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, if the th- if, like the thread might be like uh, um it 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 it's a willingness it's a it's a drive to like not sit on the sidelines not mm-hmm. to take the easy road mm-hmm. um because really the easy road would be like they're all very talented all the people you listed are talented musicians mm-hmm. they could have just written about whatever mm-hmm. right like Rage Against the Machine great example which we hadn't even mentioned yet like they could have just been a band that sang about they could have been like the red hot chili peppers right yeah. like just sang about whatever mm-hmm. um you know not to slight the chili peppers they're, they're totally they're good they're fine mm-hmm. but you know rage could have been like that right you know they didn't have to be the kind of super left-wing fuck the man band that they were mm-hmm. um but they were because i think there was a drive and a willingness to speak to something to speak to a truth that they believed you know mm-hmm. i think it's about it's it's also about conviction right it's about that like we believe in this this is important to us mm-hmm. and we can't just sit here and not do anything and the voice we have is music then that's the voice we're going to use mm-hmm. you know they don't have they don't have another avenue to express themselves so that's what they do mm-hmm. so i think that's got to be part of it you know like i think i mean woody guthrie famously was you know he was very vocal. He did. He wasn't shy about his opinions. Which yeah, is awesome. You know. Yeah. Um, and wasn't concerned about you know what people thought of it. 
really right it was like you were either with me or you're not Mm -hmm. and pussy rides the same way right Mm -hmm. like they're doing what they're doing in a much more dangerous situation you know running into a lot more risk because of where they live um and the sort of um violence and reaction that they have faced Mm -hmm. um far more than any of us in north america seem to face um at least around our music but at the same time like you know protest musicians get arrested Mm-hmm. Protest musicians get, you know, harassed, mm-hmm. especially now in the era of social media, right? Like, mm-hmm. you get harassed way more. Yeah. Even our band, like, I mean, we're nobodies, basically, but, like, we've gotten some pretty nasty messages on social media from people um, just because of our name, really. Like, yeah. people, you know, you know, someone sent me this thing once. It was, like, my my uncle, you know, spent his life shooting communists and, well, I guess... <laughs> somewhere i don't even know i didn't really read that carefully and i'm like okay like is your uncle gonna come hurt me is your uncle coming to my house (laughs) like should i be concerned yeah (laughs) it was yeah it's just so weird you know but that's what you run like that's that's these you know these all these acts over the many years like Sinead o'connor famously was like Mm -hmm. ostracized from society oh yeah for her for her opinions and the stances that she took Mm -hmm. um most of which have been completely vindicated with time Mm -hmm. and people were like yeah she was right about all that stuff yeah of course she was she wasn't (laughs) making it up yeah um you know people said oh she just wants attention no she actually like cared about something Mm -hmm. because that's the other thing right it's the thing about music because music is a performance art because it's a commercialized performance art you know the authenticity that i talked about before can be really hard to to for for other people to like understand you know Mm -hmm. they see you and think oh well you're just doing this because you want attention because you want to sell records or because Mm -hmm. you want to be in the news um versus like you're doing this because it's something you authentically care about Mm -hmm. and you want to make your opinion heard Mm -hmm. you know and I think people understand that a bit better now because, you know, that that stuff is becoming more mainstream and, you know, there's protests every day somewhere about something mm-hmm. um, on every side of the political spectrum, it seems. But, you know, it's still a thing where, like, people will question your authenticity. So I think there was an authenticity to all those people mm-hmm. that you mentioned and the many others that exist that they legitimately cared about what they were trying to do and they knew to a certain extent the risk they faced by doing it yeah and the backlash they were gonna create and they were okay with that Mm -hmm. they accepted that and were willing to do it because it was important to them Mm -hmm. yeah you know and i mean like you touched on with that weird message you got i mean there's not only like you know social stigma but there's actual people making threats against your life and um yeah yeah, that's uh it's it's terrifying but um it's it's It's, really brave yeah um it's it's messed up yeah yeah do you have like I'm curious, do you have like a differing view on artists who dedicate their careers to protest music versus those who kind of dip their toes in it once in a while and, you know, make one song on one album? I would say yes, yeah. because the other does not feel that authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels a bit like, uh, what are you doing? Like, is this mm-hmm. just a thing you're doing because it's what people do? Mm-hmm. Um, or are you like legitimately like, do you actually care about this? And yeah. it's important to you and you. Now, that's not to say it couldn't, right? Because mm-hmm. people will write a song about an issue that matters to them. Like, um, you know, the LGBT community has had a lot of that where like someone yeah. will write a song about, you know, being gay or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and it's 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 a one off. 
or one of a few songs that, you know, it's important to them and it's an important issue. They care about it and it matters to them. It's just not their central focus yeah. So of their music. So they write their normal music and then they do these songs that are, you know, based on this issue that matters to them. So, I mean, that's fine and that's okay. It is different though than someone who's like, I'm going to like speak truth to power. I'm going to fight the system and try to change it with my music. I'm going to try and influence other people and encourage them mm-hmm. on a broad scale to believe in this stuff and to understand that this is not just... um not just what I think, but it's also a lifestyle yeah. um, for me. I think that, I mean, cause that's, that's also a big thing, right? Like that willingness to like walk the walk mm-hmm. and that's, that's, it's hard, right? Because, you know, it, it can be hard to walk the walk cause there mm-hmm. are social consequences to that, mm-hmm. um, you know, for a lot of people, yeah. um, you know, and, and you have to kind of accept that, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially now we're in such a polarizing time right now yeah. um, where people are just like, so on one side or the other of so many things yeah um you know and people have always been polarized but like it's mm-hmm. so easy to become so wrapped up in one side of of, of stuff that's the mm-hmm. thing i mean that i think you know for those people doing it all the time they have to accept that they're going to be polarized for someone who just does it like now and then like they run that risk of driving fans away there's that recent kid rock song that came out Mm-hmm. I mean, Kid Rock already drove everybody away, but he tried to mm-hmm. grab onto one side. I don't know if you've heard this song, but it's absolutely, it's it's really terrible. But he tried to grab one side of the of the aisle and be like, I'm on this side. And, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, I see what you're trying to do. I understand that you probably are on that side because you said that before. It mm-hmm. also feels like because you don't do this all the time that you're really just trying to like be relevant mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're really just like this makes me relevant now mm-hmm. um you know versus like you know like i actually want to you know what I, the image i think of all the time is there's that kind that kind of awful um do they know it's christmas song <laughs> that the, the like band-aid or whatever for live or whatever it was and like it's kind of a terrible song and the message of it is kind of weird and mm-hmm. you know that i mean i know what they were trying to do but i don't think they were doing very well but like all the artists that were involved in that, so many of them never spoke out about anything else ever again. Yeah. Right. Like there were yeah. like 30 people involved in that song. So many of them never got involved in anything. else. That was like their one time they did something. And it's like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to give you credit for that because mm-hmm. that's so low effort. You barely yeah. tried. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, the person who writes a song about like, oh, I saw these homeless people in the street and homeless people are people too. You know, there was a lot of songs like that in the 80s mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, people you know and it would just be like well this is a thing people are doing now they're writing songs about this mm-hmm. and is that really changing anyone's awareness i don't know i doubt it because mm-hmm. i think you need to have more of a concerted effort to mm-hmm. really like hammer the point home i think anyway mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah i can't listen to that song without cringing yeah it's terrible yeah no no no, <laughs> no, no, no. um what what role do you think art plays in social movements i think it's like central in so yeah. many ways yeah um to so many social movements because when you're talking about changing people's minds and changing people's feelings mm-hmm. it can't words alone don't you aren't enough yeah you know you need ways to like tap into people's emotions mm-hmm. you need ways to tap into people's like thinking about stuff um you know and, and that, it's not just music i mean i think film and visual art and you know, all sort of ways you can express ideas are important. I think of that there's that um, image. Um, I cannot remember the artist. I'm going to feel terrible because I can't remember his name. There's an artist, an indigenous artist in Canada who does like all these 
uh, does, a, does a lot of paintings about sort of the treatment of indigenous peoples. And there's one of his works is really famous is like RCMP officers taking children away from their families mm-hmm. to take them to residential schools. Mm-hmm. And like, you can sit down you can tell people like residential schools were awful. They were terrible. Children died. And that means something. Mm-hmm. But then you show them a picture, like a, an, an artist painting of a screaming child being ripped away from its parents. Mm-hmm. Like, if that doesn't make you feel terrible, then mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what to say. Because like that visual image of something so horrific yeah. is just so powerful. So much mm-hmm. more powerful than a thousand words about the topic. Yeah. could be i mean a thousand words is powerful but just seeing it and like realizing this is the reality mm-hmm. you know those thousands of children aren't just like numbers on a page mm-hmm. they're not even just names they were people they were mm-hmm. humans mm-hmm. and they had families and just like you had a family just like i have a family so i think you know that's the power of art is to take something that might seem abstract and help to pull it into the realm of emotion and feeling and concrete experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think music can do that just as well because music is an inherently emotional art form. It makes people feel stuff. um, And you can use that to your advantage to help them think about topics and help them want to do something and help them, you know, feel like, yeah, I'm not the only person who thinks this way. Mm -hmm. Cause that's the other value of art, right? Is it can spread a message and help people understand that you know i've thought this before but i thought i was the only one who thought this but now i know Mm -hmm. i'm not someone Mm -hmm. else thinks this way too um which is pretty powerful yeah to uh to realize that other people think the way that you do Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think that it's hugely important um and hugely important in spreading there's a fit i mean this is a terrible example because (laughs) i don't know how i feel about the american revolution but um kind of famously um at the start of the revolutionary war george washington had um his like officers or whatever read thomas paine's common sense which is like this pamphlet that thomas paine wrote to get people really pissed off at england mm. and he had it, had it read to all the, the soldiers basically like a oral performance mm-hmm. um for all the soldiers to kind of get them fired up to go fight and it you know help raise their spirits and to care about this war they were fighting um which to a lot of them probably didn't make a lot of sense and to be honest, for a lot of them, didn't actually benefit them in any way. Um, just the politics and of, of that war. But um, it's a really interesting topic if you ever want to look into the founding of the U.S. and like what it was really about. It's really interesting. But anyway, as an aside, but I think that speaks to like we know that these kinds of things can have power. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to read something. It's another thing to have someone speak it to you and and and, and to, to perform it. And it's another thing to hear a song that has a message in it you can be like you know there's in if i had a rocket launcher the bruce coburn song the last line of the song is like if i had a rocket launcher some son of a bitch would die yeah like that's such a powerful thing and with the music and with like all the stuff that's come before it it's just so emotive and so like hits you right in the chest mm-hmm. like yeah like this is serious you know this is this is a real problem it's not just something that someone's singing about right now yeah um and it's the same with any like music is like you know Music makes people cry. Music makes people, mm-hmm. you know, fall in love. Like it, it has so much power. So yeah. yeah, that's what I would say about that. Yeah. Um, do you have like a favorite memory or like piece of history where art made a significant difference or like sparked a change in the social climate? One that comes to mind, it's a song I'm actually really fond of. 
because it has kind of a cool background story is um, not really cool. It's yeah. a terrible background story. So there was the Kent State Massacre in the U.S. during the Vietnam War where like a bunch of soldiers shot uh, students at a campus protest back when campus protests were happening all the time. And um, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young wrote the song Ohio like in like a day and recorded it and like released it like a few days later. And it was like about that. And it was so cool, like how quickly that happened um, for the time. Like now you could do that. Like if something happened today, I could write a song and release it tomorrow. Um, and that would be because of the internet. <laughs> it could be easy to do. But the thought that like how rapidly that happened and you know, mm-hmm. how that then kind of shaped the discourse around that issue just shows the way that music can do things like that. It can, you know, it can come. There was also that famous, um, when Rage Against Machine played in Wall Street um, and caused like a big, big problem there and sort of started to draw people's attention to like some of the, like people forget like, yeah, there was a lot of social issues that weren't given a lot of attention in the 90s, mm. but like some stuff was. Like there were people who were like, our economic system is garbage. Yeah. Like, things are awful. Like those people have existed for a very long time and we're always kind of ebbing and flowing in terms of our influence on society. But, you know, that was a moment where it was like, this is like one of the biggest bands in the world taking it to Wall Street, to the actual like center of the financial world and being like, fuck you guys. (laughs) Which is amazing to think someone would do that. Um, You probably couldn't do that now. I feel like they would chase you off. Um, you probably get tasered um, and like ran off, but they did it. They, you know, they spoke truth to power in that moment. But you know, so those are sort of some of sort of the the bigger moments. But you know, I mean, there's there's probably lots that I'm forgetting right now, like where it's had significant impact and change. And you know, I think the thing is, people, uh, you know, people forget the power that that music and art and culture can have on shaping our opinions, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, there, there's so many, like, it's just like, <laughs> how yeah. do you remember, you know, all of them, right? Like it's so and music and art has yeah. shaped so much of our culture. Um, oh, I remember when the Dixie chicks got like run out because they like protested the Iraq war mm-hmm. and like all their fans were like, you guys are the worst. It's like five minutes ago, you thought they were the greatest thing going, but now you're like, just cause they don't agree with you about going and bombing a country into oblivion. Um, yeah. They're huge activists. Yeah. Yeah, it was just really mm-hmm. cool, like, for them to take that stand, because, like, they were a really, really, really popular country band who could have yeah. just continued to be a popular country band and not ruffled any feathers, and mm-hmm. they would have been fine, but they stood up for something they believed in, and they, they suffered actual, I mean, career con- consequences, mm-hmm. but yeah, they had actual, they put their necks out and and got hurt, so yeah, it was, it was yeah. something else. Seriously, yeah. Yeah. Um, this doesn't have to do much with a song that was released, but one of my favorite kind of like music meets social change moments is, um, have you heard of the West Memphis three? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I have. Yep. Um, I'm pretty obsessed with that case. Um, <laughs> okay. but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, every, every huge, you know, activist musician under the sun rally behind those guys yep, and um, help them, you know, get released eventually. And uh, that's a story that's just like, I mean, incredible and like huge. And it's, uh, it's pretty nuts. But anyone who's like, you know, unfamiliar with that, you should give it a Google. There's like Eddie Vedder. um, 
Uh, yeah, Dixie Chicks. Um, um, uh, what what's his name? Black Flag. Oh. Um, um, oh, why am I? Not? Oh God. Oh, we're both I'm, blanking. I hate this um, one. I know what. Anyways, him. <laughs> Henry Rollins. Well, it's Henry Rollins. There we go. Henry Rollins. How did Henry I forget Rollins. Henry Rollins? Come on. I don't I'm know. I'm like sitting here like racking know. my brain. I'm like, oh yeah, Henry Rollins. I did too somehow. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, I mean like, you know, crazy amount of huge musicians that like supported three guys who were um, wrongfully convicted of murder. And it's like, it's a really intense story, really complicated and weird and lasted mm-hmm. for like 11, no, lasted for like 18 years. Um, crazy. But yeah, yeah. it's I'm, I'm obsessed with it. But that's one of my favorite kind of like music, totally. social change moments. I think that's it's super a, cool. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a really uh, a really good one to to point to because yeah, it, it, mm-hmm. it it's a it, it was a long story, right? So like mm-hmm. there was lots of opportunity for people to get involved and oh yeah, again take take risks, right? Stick your neck out on the side of justice and the side of of uh, you know accountability and really justice. It's all about justice, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so you, you kind of touched on um, local musicians that you love that talk, you know, about, about mm-hmm. you know, social and political issues and everything. Um, do you think the arts community within the GTAJ um, does enough or like puts enough effort into pursuing social progress? Or do you think that could be happening more? I think, you know, it's an interesting question because I think at yeah. some level there's a lot happening. And mm-hmm. then at other levels, there's not. So, sure. you know, because I think, you know, there are, I mean, musicians who are very involved in social activist projects, um, you know, in various in, in, in various cities throughout the GTA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, during the pandemic, there were a lot of people, we were involved in two different compilations for two different causes. And a lot of musicians stepped up and supported that and put their music out there. Like I said, on social media, there's, Oh, I forgot to mention sky Wallace, sky Wallace. Who's a Toronto musician. She is like always talking about stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like I don't, not so much in her music, but like in her social media and like, you know, when she, she's just out and about talking about stuff, like she, she's really willing to talk about stuff. It just came to me when I was talking about, about this. So th- I mean, it's there. People are doing it. I think, I think what it ends up being is a compromise though, right? Because people have to compromise between their principles and their career sometimes, um, unfortunately. Um, you know, and, and not maybe will like like they want to do that, but it, it becomes a thing of like, you know, I'm going to make my music and, and I'll have my political stuff and I'll talk about it and I'll tweet about it. But at the end of the day, I also have to be mindful that like I'm a brand and I'm trying to sell my music, which is fair because mm-hmm. the margins are razor thin for musicians yeah. in Canada. Like success is hard to find and mm-hmm. you know you got to do what you got to do so yeah. could we do more yeah probably i think we could definitely all be doing more and all mm-hmm. be trying harder to to push the different things that we're interested in and the different ideas that were um that we care about i do think like compared to the general population though i think the music community is doing a lot <laughs> like i think compared to the average person um, because I think there's more socially conscious people in the music community than there are in, say, you know, whatever um, community. But yeah, we could definitely be doing a lot more. And and like, even as simple as like 
you know, using our platforms to um, amplify other voices. It was just something I don't even think we do well enough, um, our band, even though we try um, Mm -hmm. to really amplify other voices and amplify the marginalized people that that are sort of missing and lost in our our communities Um, Mm -hmm. because they have a lot to say and, you know, they don't always get to say it. So I think it's like the most important thing for someone who has privilege to do is to use that privilege to amplify the people that don't and to create mm-hmm. opportunities for them um, mm-hmm. without expecting anything in return. Because mm-hmm. um, I think that's, you know, that's the thing for us. We uh, we don't, um, we don't want to come across as like, oh, we're doing this because we want to like use it as a catapult to some sort of stardom or something. That's yeah. not, you know, our the success or failure of our music career is a secondary to um attempting to be genuine and, and real so yeah i think there's more we could all be doing um especially us white musicians um mm-hmm. i don't want to put too much burden on you know people of color or indigenous oh, yeah. people or whatever like you yeah. know you guys are already asked to do too much um it's, to it's the, exactly it's it's mm-hmm. it's us white musicians that need to do more yeah um and i think you know I think we can and I think we will mm-hmm. hopefully fingers crossed. But, uh, but yeah, I would say there, there, there are people doing stuff though. I don't, I want to give credit. Like there are a lot of people doing stuff and people trying. So that's, it's really, really good news to me. Yeah, for sure. Um, are there any other notes you wanted to hit on? You know, I think we got a lot of really good stuff. Yeah, I think we do. <laughs> I think it's yeah. a good topic. And yeah, you know, I just, you know, I think if, I think people should listen to more protest music. People should listen yep. to more political music. I think people should, you know, search for more political bands and and try to really, you know, even if you don't totally agree with what they're saying, like, mm-hmm. you know, think about what they're saying and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, try to understand like what created that, that thought, that idea, you know, and, and yeah. to try and see all around it and what mm-hmm. does it mean? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, if anyone wants to listen to some protest music, you can go find my playlist on my Spotify if yeah, you want to do that. I'm totally going to do that. I'm going to do that now. So, Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess, um, what can we look forward to seeing from you? Well, we have uh, actually a lot of exciting stuff. We got a song coming yeah. out, Bull Weevils, on this, in, it, you know, if you hear this before, December 17th, you can wait till then to hear it. If you mm-hmm. hear this after December 17th, 2021, go find that song. It's a good song. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be playing shows in 2021, January, February 2021. So that's coming up. Um, and then hopefully for the rest of 2021, assuming the whole world doesn't shut down again, we'll keep playing shows. We'll keep making noise. We got lots more songs. We've recorded a bunch of stuff. So there's going to be a whole bunch of more. And it's all very political now. There's not a lot of stuff that isn't like but there isn't anything that's not completely overtly political now so yeah um it's all going to be about different stuff different issues and uh that's the exciting news and presumably we're going to keep rolling as long as we can so uh here's to the future i guess yeah Mm -hmm. well i'm excited and yeah thanks so much for jumping on here and talking to me um yeah i think this was like really fun yeah i had a great time it was awesome i appreciate you having me on totally yeah of course um 
yeah, everyone listening, you can go find Peter on all socials under his band's name, The Soviet Influence, and uh, go check out his music on Spotify and uh, everywhere else that you stream music. So um, thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, thank you again, Peter. This is great. Any any final words, any sign-offs you want to do? You know, I, I'd like to sign everything off just by saying solidarity, my friends. We're all in this together. We're going to get through it. Mm-hmm. I second that. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening.